Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon, it's Thursday and it's The Drive Home Show with me, Seb. Today we're looking at moving schools. Is the grass always greener? How do you establish yourself in a new environment? Is there a chance to learn from your mistakes? And can a sideways move be the best move? Stay in touch, get in touch and use the Podbean to message me here or call in to the studio live. Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I am hoping that most of you are relaxing on your half term, uh, although I do know that is the case. Looking at Twitter this week, there seems to be quite a few people still in school. So if you are, wow, well done for keeping going. You've only got one day left. Uh, and then obviously you're going to have a nice extra week uh, when we're all back. Um, but I think the majority of people um, are off this week. So if you're at home relaxing, um, listening to the show today, that's great. Glad to have you with me. Um, and if you are still at school and you're just driving home or you're about to finish, uh, then just keep keep going because you've only got one more day to go. I don't know how people have managed it, to be honest. I think most people were um, ready for that holiday last Friday. But of course, it's not always the case. Um, so today we are very lucky. Uh, we've got a great guest, uh, Rebecca Heather, who is joining us um, a little bit later on. And Rebecca has worked at various different schools um, in Essex and London. Uh, and she's going to be talking to us about her career, uh, schools she's moved between, uh, promotions she's had, how that's worked for her, uh, and some of the sort of tips and advice and pitfalls about um, moving schools and that kind of what that can bring. So that's the sort of topic that we're looking at today in the whole. I've sent out a few tweets this week, but what I want you to do today, if you're listening, is to get in touch, as always, uh, message me um, through the text box or just call in by clicking the call in button and join the conversation. What we're looking at is uh, particularly people who have moved schools uh, in their career um, to talk about that and how that goes, to discuss with people who are maybe thinking of moving uh, and are not sure whether it's the right decision. Uh, because often it can be a case of the grass being greener. Perhaps if you're in a school where there's an environment that's not conducive or you don't really get on with the, some of the staff or the leadership team, that might be a reason you want to go. It could be um, the behaviour policies in the school you, you don't agree with, or it could be that the workload uh, isn't matching up with what your expectations what we've got to be aware of, of course, is that most schools are pretty tough places to be um, most of the time, even though there's a lot of pleasure in a lot of reward in the job we do. A lot of schools are under the similar pressures in terms of budget, in terms of uh, behaviour, in terms of schools, uh, policies, etc., and government uh, drives. So that is something I would start off by chipping in myself um, is that um, not that I've got ex bad experience of it, but I think it's something we just need to be careful of before you jump ship. But of course, the flip side to this is lots of people will say and have contributed uh, on Twitter, not just this week, but I've seen lots of comments before. Tom Rogers, or just a quick shout out to Tom Rogers, the founder of Teach Talk Radio, because it's his birthday today. So happy birthday to Tom. Um, 
a lot of people, Tom's mentioned this before about toxic environments, toxic cultures of certain schools that people are in and not feeling uh, that you're able to uh, move on or not feeling that there is a, a better way um, necessarily um, somewhere else. And and so therefore, um, yeah, so therefore it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. People, people feel like uh, they're in a situation where this is just the way it is. It's never going to be any different to that. Um, and so they they don't move on, perhaps putting up with um, things that they don't want to put up with. So there is all of that uh, aspect to it as well. So what we're looking at, like I say, is um, two or three various different um, uh, discussion points here. Um, I'm just having a look now because it says I've got four new messages uh, in the text box. So I'm, I'm desperate to find out what those are. For some reason, I can't read my messages today. So that is not good. Um, just trying to see if there's any problem there. It seems like I've got messages uh, and I can't seem to read them. So if someone's trying to get in touch with me, I apologise. Uh, I don't know what is going on there. Let me just have a little fiddle with my computer. Bear with me, everybody, um, and just see if it's anything to do with my screen. Uh, no, that all seems fine. Just doesn't want to let me see the messages. Anyway, well, I'll just have to leave that and hope there's nothing desperately important on there at the moment. I don't know. I've never had that before, so I'm not quite sure what that's about. Um, right. So just to get back on task today, we are looking at a um, couple of things regarding moving schools. First thing is, if you do move school, how do you establish yourself in a new environment? So one thing I noticed when I moved schools for the first time was in terms of behaviour management, some of the mistakes that you make, some of the things you learn um, on the job as an NQT or as a, as a new teacher, um, you some of those mistakes can't be undone uh, because you're then with that class or you're with those kids for the, for the rest of your time. And so moving on, moving schools, I moved schools after sort of three or four years um, and I certainly banked a lot of those experiences uh, and tried to not make those mistakes again. Um, particularly with behaviour management, it may, it may apply, to, might apply to other things. And if, if so, please get in touch. Um, but certainly behaviour management mistakes sometimes are hard to undo. And, and that's probably why it's a good idea sometimes to move on from a school after a, you've been there for a few years and, and sort of try again. Now, of course, the flip side to this, the challenge to all this is um, some people find it too hard to start again, too hard to go back. If you've been teaching, let's say, four or five years, and you're, you're quite good at what you do, you feel confident in your teaching practice, and you know the kids, the kids know you, and you're settled, sometimes it is really hard to go somewhere and have to begin that process again. Although I would say, I think if you're experienced, it doesn't take as long as it does as when you're a trainee or NQT or a new teacher, uh, for sure. Um, annoyed about these messages that I can't read. Um, I'm slightly concerned by by that in case the message are, messages are urgent messages for me, which I, I can't see why they would be, really. Um, but if anyone uh, can get in touch with me or phone in, particularly any of the Teacher Talk Radio people who may have had this problem before, let me know, um, because that is uh, a weird one, to be honest. It says five new messages and um, I can't read them. Ah, very frustrating. Um, Anyway, so um, we're looking at that. We're looking at moving schools. So please get in touch if that is uh, your case. Get in touch if you are thinking of moving schools and 
you're not sure whether it's the right choice. We're also going to look at career progression. So when I speak to Rebecca, my guest in a little while, um, I'm going to be talking to her because she's moved from uh, being an English teacher to a head of English to uh, up through her career now as an assistant head in charge of teaching and learning. Um, so I'm going to be talking to her about career progression and again, getting promotions. The other side to this is a sideways move. This is always an, a tricky one. I think people are put off by sideways moves sometimes because they feel like if the money is the same or the salary is the same or no better, um, is it worth the aggravation? But actually moving sideways and what I, what I mean by that for any um, teachers listening for abroad who may not understand this phrase just means that you take another job in another school um, on the same level, uh, potentially financially, even not always the same level as the job you're doing in your current school. And it's sideways because people describe it like that because you're not actually moving up or down you're just uh you're just staying on the same level but i think that can work if you're in a school you're not happy in and you can move uh to somewhere else in fact i had um someone on twitter replied to me today um i'm just going to read that out because i was really pleased with this post because this is sums up exactly what i was going to say so um mrs mcfad so shout out to, to her for for tech for tweeting me today uh, she makes the point that 100% she did this. She said she moved jobs. The travel made it slightly financially worse. So obviously she had more to spend on travel. But my God, it was the best decision ever. So thanks to Mrs. McFads there. She's a science teacher, I think, um, for that little contribution, because I think that is um, another good point. Um, your commute. I've, I've gone from cycling every day, which I really loved and was an excellent way to keep fit and mentally keep myself uh, strong to now driving every day, which has a lot of negative um, impact on me personally, as well as the environment. But I couldn't do the job that I do now without driving. It would just be impossible. Um, so that's a sacrifice I've had to make. But I do miss the, the cycle, the cycle commute, uh, because it was cheaper um, and kept me healthy. Although winter, winter rainy days were not always um, the best the best days to cycle and those were the days when i wished i did have a car i'm just going to try and uh, send another message it seems that i can send messages um, but not read them so i don't really know what that's about that's very frustrating i've definitely never had that before um everything seems to be scrolling away here lovely but the message box does not want to scroll um right well i'm sorry about that if you have sent me a message oh well seamus liked the show i saw that message seema thank you for that um so that's come up. Um, I don't know. Maybe that maybe the messages are coming up. And I oh, it looks like they are coming in, but I just can't get rid of the little thing that says eight new messages. I can't seem to scroll up and down, um, but I can see the messages. So thank you for that, Seema. Maybe if you could see me send me a little text message, um, uh, and that will make me know that it's all happening. Right. Let's not worry about that because that seems to be okay. Um, so also, what we're going to talk about. So if you're just joining us, my main focus today is moving schools, uh, pros, the cons, the advice uh, to do with moving schools, uh, the challenges um, and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, how long you should stay in one school. That's another debatable point. Um, so all of that we're going to talk about with Becca and also with anyone else who wants to join us today on this chat on this lovely, uh, fairly sunny day down here in London. Um, not crisp day and lots of daylight still for at least another hour and a half. Um, so, yes, um, we are also going to talk. I'm going to throw this out there now because I think this is quite a good one to get people 
involved today. I sent a tweet earlier about um, life admin. Someone said a brilliant tweet about how half term should be renamed uh, teacher life admin week, uh, because obviously since Christmas is the first chance a lot of us have, have been able to do some of the normal jobs that um, teachers can only do in their holidays. And if you're not a teacher, um, people don't really understand this. And I'm presuming everyone listening today is a teacher uh, of some sort. So anybody who works in a normal job, um, nine to five, will never appreciate uh, because we can't actually just get days off. We can't always uh, book things within office hours. Um, and it's just a nightmare. So I think obviously people listening, teachers listening, you completely get what I'm saying. So what my challenge is for you today for later on in the show, and we're going to do this after the news about five o'clock, is I want you to message in or call in uh, with the half term life admin jobs that you have done this week, or maybe you're planning to do next week if you're on half term. So I'll give you an example, opticians, eye test, uh, that might be one that you have to do every sort of few months or every, well, every year. And it's just one you can never fit in. Uh, maybe because of COVID, it's also been complicated by not being able to get out to places for the last few months. And now that things are opening up again, you think, well, I must book that eye test. That would be a, a classic one you can put in. Um, or even just getting your hair cut. Sounds like a normal thing to do for most people. And probably uh, some people manage to still do it on the weekend. Uh, I know people, um, friends of mine that do book in uh, hair appointments on a Saturday morning and make sure they still get to go uh, and don't wait till half term. But I also know quite a few people who, like me, their hair resembles something like Musa, you know, Mufasa from The Lion King uh, if they don't get their hair done. Um, but at the end of term, it's, it looks like you're all over the shop like a scarecrow. Well, I do anyway. I can't speak for other people. Uh, and then you know, you get to half term and you get to sort it out. So what I want you to do is we're going to be talking about moving schools in a moment with Rebecca and, and we're going to get that chat going. But at the back of your mind, can you be thinking or posting me messages about um, your half term life admin jobs? What are your top uh, top two or three things? I've made a list of 10 which have come up on Twitter by various people. Thanks to Sarah Cardi. Uh, thanks to other people that have uh, replied to my messages um, about what are the jobs that they do. So I've got a list here of about 10. Um, one of them is definitely just for for female teachers. Um, and I'll, I'm not being sexist at all. When, when I tell you what that one is, I'm pretty sure there won't be any male teachers that have got this on their to do list. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to read them out uh, after five o'clock. But in the meantime, uh, be having a think. What are your top two or three life admin jobs that you have to do um, that you've had to do this week uh, that you've maybe put off? And this, I think, is worse if you're a parent, um, partly because you you have don't have you know you have so little time, and you probably want to spend some of your half term with your actual children doing fun stuff. I know I went to London Dungeon this week um, with my son, and that was something good fun to do. Um, but if you're not a parent, it might be slightly easier potentially to get these life admin jobs done um, when you're in term time. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe this is just something we all have to uh, deal with being a teacher. OK, so um, we're just coming up to quarter past four. Any minute now, I'm going to be speaking to Rebecca Heather and we're going to be looking at uh, moving schools. Um, is the grass always greener when you move schools? Um, how do you establish yourself in a new environment? And also, 
is there a chance to learn from your mistakes uh, when you start somewhere new? Um, so Rebecca's just calling in me now. I've just, oh, now and now I can scroll my messages magically for some reason. Rebecca, I just let you in there. I don't know what happened. You seem to disappear. So just try again. Uh, you got disconnected. Um, but whatever you did manage to fix my messages issue. So that was uh, that was very pleasing. Right, she's coming in now. Um, yes. Hi, Seb. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've had a bit of a message meltdown, but it seems to be working now, whatever you've done. By I think I just it. gave it my teacher look. You did. You just gave it a little nudge. Yeah. Um, I'll just keep you there for a second, Rebecca. I'm just going to whiz through these messages um, to see if there's anything I've missed before we get stuck in. Uh, yeah, renewing the driver's license, Ian says, uh, who knew that was even a thing? Um, <laughs> and someone else said, I work a lot from home now. I miss my commute due to fitness and switching off listeners' music podcasts. Yes, I agree with that. Right, Rebecca, so thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Happy half term. Happy half term. It's like happy holidays, isn't it? We have to actually say it. <laughs> um, Celebrate so, half term. I know it is crazy, isn't it? But it's the same as everyone at the end of term, just like, you know, counting down. Oh, three days to go, two days to go. <laughs> counting down the sleeps like it's Christmas. I know. I know. Why do we do it? I don't understand why we do it. But anyway, um, yeah. So you've been off this week, obviously, as well. I have. Doing all that life, Min. Doing a life, Min. What what were your jobs from this week that you've done? Um, make a doctor's appointment. I've been trying to make for about seven weeks. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> Getting a haircut. All those exciting yeah. things. All the exciting things. Yeah, those are they. They are on my. Those are two of my ones on my top ten list: haircut and doctors. Um, so I'll be revealing those. Um, plus Sarah Cardi's controversial one. Um, <laughs> I could guess I'll what be, that is, I think. <laughs> I'll be revealing that later on. So, um, yeah, so let's get stuck in with what I brought you onto the show for doing. And thanks for giving up a bit of your half term uh, to speak to us. Um, so, first of all, before we get stuck into the debate that we're having today about moving schools, let's just give everyone a bit of context. Obviously, I've worked with Rebecca in the past at various different schools, um, but just give the listeners a bit of a background to your career when you started teaching and your rough career progression, Becca. Of course. Um, so I started teaching about 14 years ago as an instructor um, and then trained within the school that I stayed in for quite a long time and progressed to second or key stage four coordinator in the English department. And then I was moved across the trust to a different school to be head of English. Uh -huh. And I was again there for quite a long time um, where I managed to work my way up to be an assistant head teacher there. And in September, I started at a new school outside of the trust. So mm -hmm. all very different um, yeah. as an assistant head teacher still. Right. So how long, just to give us a bit of a, I, I know this, the answer to this roughly, but I still don't know exactly. How long were you in those two schools before you started your new school? Um, so I was in my first school for about six or seven years mm -hmm. and my second school for about seven or eight. Right. OK, so that gives us a bit of a bit of a clue. And um, you've been moved around there by the trust, as you said. Um, was that was that something that you uh, sort of agitated yourself or was it just something they said to you would like you to move from one school to the other? Um, they asked me if I'd do it. I'd been running Key Stage 4 for a couple of years for English and they yeah. needed a head of English at another school, which was smaller than the one I was currently at. So it was right. quite a nice stepping stone role. Right. OK. Yeah. So that, that and that's a lovely point, isn't it? About we talked about sideways moves earlier, but um, the stepping stone idea is is also good because you've got going in that move. I suppose you had a smaller school 
less yes. less less kids, less staff, etc. But then you were able to just progress your own confidence, I suppose. Yeah, and I think the fact it was still within the trust really benefited me. I still had a strong support network from people I'd worked with and trusted for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so I think it felt less scary than maybe leaving the trust completely and going somewhere different. Yeah, and I think that's another good point, isn't it? Because I think if we'd done this show 10 years ago, perhaps we'd have just been talking about, you know, promotions and changing jobs. Mm. But I think now there's so many schools that are part of Matt's um, you know, there are, there are more opportunities to move within a trust, aren't there? Definitely. I think so. And there's also lots of different roles that weren't available 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's an exciting opportunity for lots of people. But do you think some of those roles are a bit like made up roles or do you think they're actually g- genuine things that people need to do? I, I sometimes feel like there's a lot of mini jobs where people get paid a little bit of money to do something to have a title but I don't know maybe I'm being cynical do you think there's a need for all those little roles I don't think for all of them but I think there is obviously a need to fulfill the gap and void left when local authority local authority support withdrew Um, and I think there's some really great practitioners in lots of trust that can provide that really good up-to-date and current support that maybe we weren't getting from the local authority before yeah, that's true. And and also lots of different experiences that people have got um, that they can bring to the table. OK, so that gives us a bit of uh, context. Um, and so you were an assistant head, weren't you, before you started your new job? Yes, you're already an assistant so head. I've done the sideways move. Yeah, technically. Um, so can you tell us without obviously getting into any personal yeah. reasons uh, or name name naming any schools? <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting for people thinking, well, why did she go from one AHT to another. What, what were the main kind of reasons for that career-wise? Um, I've always said, you know, I'm ambitious and driven in my career and I want to progress and I want to do well. Um, but I don't want to do that at the sake of speed and a speedy rise rather than really learning what I'm doing and feeling confident and having an arsenal of yeah. information and skills that I can hone to different jobs. Right, okay, so... so- So carry on, carry on, sorry. Um, I had a really good conversation, I think it must have been about a year and a half ago with the consultant head teacher I worked with, who said to me, you need to think when you make a move about what you're moving for. And what she said was, she said, think about what's it going to add to your skill set, your career profile, and how is it going to develop you? Yeah. So although I took a sideways move in terms of role, I'm working in a much bigger school. Um, it's got a very different culture and it's I'm no longer part of a, a large mat. I'm now working for a local authority school as well. Right, so there's so lots so. of different things that are le- helping me to learn and develop that I maybe wouldn't have got yeah. if I'd taken a step up. And I think there's a personal aspect to it, isn't there? Regardless of you know money or, or career necessary, I think there's still a personal development aspect to you know when you change jobs. Um, and I think, you know, like you, I was fortunate to stay in one school for a long time. But I think mm. the only reason I did that was because I kept being given, you know, new roles and new opportunities within that school, yeah. which challenged me on a on a professional and a personal level. Oh, definitely. And I think for me, it's all about the challenge and having impact. And yeah. I think whilst you're having an impact and you know what to do to create that impact and move schools forward, I think I'd always be happy to be in a role. And it's when you get to the point where you think, okay, I feel like I've done as much as I can now. Yeah. That it's time to to look to move somewhere different. 
Yeah, but that's interesting because I think some people, there are people who stay, you know, stay in one one role for, for a long, long time, isn't there? Mm. Um, and, and I know people, and you know people, I'm sure, that have done that. Um, even my own dad, you know, got to head of faculty, didn't want to didn't want to move on. But I think, um, I think you're right. You're like me and probably like a lot of people of that thing of when you feel like, well, it's not like you completed it necessarily, but, you know, you feel like you're not, it's too easy in a way, isn't it? You're not actually, it's not challenging you, you know, yeah. to, to do that role. Yeah. And, I, you know, I went from being on a very small leadership team where it's great in lots of ways because you learn so much and you learn so much about the running of the school and dealing with certain crisis situations because you're always in that sort yeah. of firefighting crisis mode. Yeah, Whereas yeah. actually taking a step back and joining a much bigger and more experienced leadership team where people have been in their jobs for 15, 20 years, um, it's been a real eye-opener. Right, okay. What do you mean by that eye-opener? In what way, without sort of going into too much detail? Can you give us an example of what you mean by an eye-opener? Yeah, in the way that, you know, um, I lead teaching and learning and that's my focus and I support with other things, but nobody expects me to be at the forefront dealing with a major behaviour instance that's happened that day. Right, right. Everyone's got their jobs and they do that. Um, yeah. And I think there's also a calmness to it. Right. Because, yeah. and the, uh, you know what it is? It's the similarity, it's the consistency. That's what it is. So I found it weird Be <laughs> people just do things automatically at my new school because they've been doing it for so long. Mm. And I'd be standing on duty and someone would go, well, do you know students aren't allowed to take food across there? I'm like, no, that's not in any of the rules I've read. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's an automatic process to there and everything then becomes more um, consistent. Yeah. Because yeah. people have been working there a really long time. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, it's the, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because mm. if you're thrown into the deep end, it's like being a trainee. If you, if you go to yeah. a really tough school, you know, with real behaviour problems, you are going to become a better teacher probably in the long run. Because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pick up strategies from being in the. Di but like you say, in terms of actually being able to do your job, especially when you get onto an SLT or a middle leader position, being able to do your job efficiently and well, and have strategic overviews, I think you can't do that if you're still, like you say, firefighting or, or dealing with the, you know, the, the day to day, as it were, the, the operational stuff. Yeah, definitely not. And I think for me, you know. I know how to go in and firefight. <laughs> um, yeah. I've done that for a long time in my last school. It, it's yeah. good for me to be able to take the step back and think more strategically and come up with a more strategic vision that I want to drive. Great. Okay. So let's just have a unpick of some specific <laughs> questions that I I wanted to pose to you um, before we sort of ramble all over the place. Um, and again, just get in touch. Anybody listening to um, what myself and Becca are saying, if you want to get involved, please do. You can send me a message or call in. Uh, when me and Rebecca have finished our chat, which will probably be um, after five o'clock when we've done the news, um, please join in with any comments about what we're saying. Um, so the first question I had was, um, how hard do you think it is behaviour management wise, wise to establish, establish yourself in a new school? Um, I think it's hard. Um, I think it's really hard. But I think ultimately it comes down to you having to show students your worth as a teacher. Um, and it comes down to you trying to convince those top students in the school whose school it is, because it's not yours when you walk in as a new teacher. They've been no. there for five years. Yeah. Um, it's their school. And you almost have to convince them that you're worth trusting. 
Yeah, so do you think, in, in really, I totally agree with that comment because I, I, I've seen people even this year, really good teachers struggling with year 11s uh, and it's only because they're new. It's nothing to do with anything else. And they're, and they're good teachers, but it's the kids don't buy into them because they feel like, well, look, I've been here longer than you. Um, I, I would totally agree with that. Do you think it's then worse to get that behaviour management the older they are then in that respect? I think it's more challenging. And I think yeah. at my current school, you know, we've just had Ofsted in and behaviour is not an issue on any level at the school, right. which right. is really nice. But there is that distrust. They don't know me. They don't trust me to get their grades. Whereas my last school, I could have walked into the rowdiest class said I was teaching them they would have settled right down and we'd have had a great lesson yeah 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 um so I think it's about building that reputation right and that's what I was going to say that was my next question what strategies are there do you think to help reduce that that gap um absolutely building relationships and getting to know students um I think also having some quick wins so having really clear wins where you've taught them something they were struggling with and then they've managed to grasp a concept. Yeah. All those little things just help them build a little bit of faith in you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, showing you care. Yeah, and showing you care. I was going to say that's the next thing, isn't it? It's not, it's not about starting somewhere and trying to be popular. It's about saying you're going to, you know, stay behind at lunch and help them with something or, you know, showing all that kind of stuff. And, and again, I would say this is a generic behaviour management mm. strategy for anybody listening um, that I would say that it's always that thing of phoning parents isn't necessarily about, you know, chucking kids under the bus, as it were. It's just about making that connection, isn't it? And showing that you care about their attainment and you care about your lessons. Oh, totally. And I think when you first, especially when you're younger in your career and you first make those parent phone calls home um, to students that might have caused you an issue in your lesson, it's also about finding a positive to build the relationship with the parent. Yeah, totally. But they just don't feel like you're calling to moan. No, exactly. I, would, I think that that will be a whole different show if we start oh, talking yeah. about behaviour management, um, which I do not profess to be an, an expert of. And there's plenty more people out there who can do that show. <laughs> um, I would just say, you know, go crazy. But um, right. So um, right. So then we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits now. So hmm. you have sort of mentioned this, but um, what are the ben- the main benefits, do you think, of moving schools, uh, even if it is a sideways move? Um. I think there's look. I think that idea of almost having learnt your lessons from a previous role, yeah, um, and thinking about how you apply them to a new school is really good. I think it's really nice to have a new challenge, um, yeah. and to keep that excitement. Mm-hmm. Like, I love I love work. I love going to school. I love teaching, and sometimes I think when we're somewhere too long, we can lose that love a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes the change reinvigorates us a bit and makes me think again and question things. Yeah. I think the change is as good as the rest is, is definitely a cliche there, which I think does apply to this because teaching is hard work and it is tiring uh, and it's very easy to just get down in the dumps, you know, and yeah. think you can't do it anymore uh, when actually just, a, you know, a fresh. I, I think people have to be careful because I think do think that a lot of schools are similar and people can jump ship thinking, oh, it's all that school's fault and then realise actually it's yeah. the same or worse at other places but I, I do agree with you I think for your sake for your it might just be a reset for yourself yeah and I think it's really important when you're doing the job search to really look at a school whose morals and values align with yours right and as much as they're interviewing you you also interview the place that you that you are because it has to be a right match for you yeah I know I, I totally agree like, with I would that be well. very good in a very corporate situation I know that's not 
an environment mm. I'd work very well in. No, I, I, that, that's a really another good point because I, I spoke to someone about the same thing this week, mm. two people that were going for assistant head posts in other schools. And I did say to them, look, it might look great on paper, but you, you've got to remember you're interviewing them as yeah. well as they're interviewing you because it, it, it's not always a good fit, is it? So, um, no. yeah, that's a really yeah, good it's point. It's got to be right for you. Got to be right for you. Okay. So, um, also, what I wanted to dig into uh, mm. with you, Rebecca, why we had you here, because obviously I know a bit of your background. I think you've got some really good insight into this. The challenges of, again, without mentioning names, but you mm. have worked under probably four or five different head teachers and executive heads, haven't you, over the time? I think I've worked under eight at my last school. Eight at <laughs> your last school. Wow. So, just talk us through a little bit there about what you think the challenges are because I, I don't think that's a rare situation I think there's probably yeah. a lot of schools that are either struggling to to improve or or having to or quit you know changing their leaders or that their managers I mean obviously there's you know analogies in football teams that do the same thing isn't there but yeah um but you know what what tell us something about those challenges of working under different heads and executive heads that you've had um I think a lot of it is um gaining trust from people um because I think if you walk into a new school as a head teacher, you can almost feel that's quite hostile because you're stepping into someone else's shoes. Right. And it's about them figuring out you and your worth. And it's almost like having to prove yourself time and time again. Yeah. Um, so like, like you said about the kids, but you're, you're having to do that upwards as well as towards the kids, aren't you? Yeah. You're having to prove yourself to the, the senior leaders as well as to the children, I guess. Yeah. And the middle leaders and staff, you know, I think, You've got a lot of eyes on you. Yeah, of course. And what about like different, um, there must have been in that time with all those different people, there must have been different initiatives. Wasn't it hard with different people coming in sort of saying, you know, oh, we're going to do things this way and now we're going to do it that way. Was that difficult to manage or what? Yeah, what, what... yeah that is, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> voice found change slightly difficult. Um, yeah, it is. I think for me, it's about how much I bought into the person that was leading me. Right, right. Um, and also about people that took the leaders that took the time to understand the school culture and got yeah. to know the students, got to know the staff, got to understand the community and then made thoughtful rather than rash changes. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, Sarah Cardi here has just uh, commented as well. Um, Ian's made a comment before that about it must have been so tough <laughs> for you to adjust. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after working for such a great one. Um, Sarah's made a point here, if anyone's listening on the podcast after for this one, it's really helpful when members of SLT come in, take a moment to gauge the school culture before changing everything for the sake of it. Um, so that, you know, exactly what you were saying there, Rebecca, about, you know, you're going to have more respect if someone's actually come in to get to know it all before they've just made sweeping changes. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a member of staff that's gone through a lot of change in the same school, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting for the staff. It's exhausting for students. And I think that's when real man management, I'd call it, or people management comes into, yeah. comes into play. And it takes a strong people person to be able to cultivate that ethos and culture and that shared vision for everyone to drive towards. Yeah, totally. And that isn't, I don't think everyone is capable of that. I think a lot of people are, mm. like, I know you are and myself, I would say I'm one of those sort of, but I think so other people just, not for any fault of their own and not so good with that. And, and no one really likes change. And like you said earlier, consistency is the main thing. If you've got that consistency of rules and expectations, not just for behaviour, but for everything around the school, you know, how you queue up for your food in the canteen, uniform, 
you know, mobile phone policy, all these things, if you've got consistency, marking policy, all that stuff, then it is going to make your job easier. Um, but that's hard to get, isn't it? If people are if changing all the time. Yeah, and I think then when you try and enforce a level of boundary or a new set of boundaries, especially with the students, you always get a lot of rebellion at start. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not sure. This is Ian's sage advice here, Ian Tilbury <laughs> here, 100 here, saying sometimes it's best to do nothing. Um, so I, I think I get what he's saying there about not doing mm. overdoing it and keeping it simple. Um, okay, so let's talk about your new role, because I don't want to talk about the past for too much, too long. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the future as well. So um, you've started a new role and you said it's in a school outside of the trust you're in. So you've talked a little bit about the, the how that affected you. Um, how have you found, so your role is teaching and learning, correct? That's right, yeah. So how have you found it there? The, obviously, you're used to one style of working in, in a trust that you've been working in. How have you found the adjustment to a different style of, of working? Um, it's been quite hard. Um it is hard it's hard to change um mm. you know we've worked together before it's all been yeah. very high energy driven um very active whereas actually i've had to take a real step back you know my current school has a really strong union culture that i've never worked right. in before okay yeah um, and as frustrated as i might find that sometimes as a leader i think that's a good thing yeah the staff yeah, are sure. really well supported yeah no that is um, again that's, that's important yeah, so that's again. So you've just had to change. So, so how have you, you know, do you? This is what I'm trying to get to. I guess I think I would have the same issues in terms of going to a, a maybe a like authority school from being in a mat, or maybe if I moved to I don't know Scotland, for example, and it was totally different. But how do you keep hold of your sort of your key visionary drivers, if you like, your principles, or have had you have you had to change a lot of them in order to fit the mould of your new school? Um, I've not had to change lots, no, because morally and ethically, the school's principles are quite aligned with mine. Right, yeah. Um, you know, the, the leadership model is one that is operated on kindness and relationships with staff and students. Mm -hmm. um, so really, for me, it's about being, trying to build those relationships with staff to get the buy-in from staff and getting their feedback on a lot of things. You know, I've worked with some really experienced teachers now who have been at the school a long time and know that school far better than I do. So yeah. it's listening to them. Yeah. Rather than of seeing them as negative naysayers, actually thinking about how I can use listening. Listen yeah. And how I can use their feedback. Um, you know, I, I'm currently working on changing the way we observe teaching and learning, and it's a very big shift for the school. Right. Um, but every step of the way, I've been consulting with staff and have developed a working party so staff feel the right their voice. So basically what you're saying you kind of do is you, because you know, you're obviously not going to, nobody listening in would go to a new school if they didn't, it didn't align with their values. Let's, yeah. let's just take that as a given. So you, mm. let's say you've gone to a new school, you agree with their principles because they're ethically sound and, you know, they've got a good moral compass, etc. But you've then, you've got a way of working that you know works and has worked before. But what you've said there is really interesting that you thought, right, you're going to, you're going to change what they're doing because you think you've got something that's going to be better. But yeah. the way you've, you've brought that change in is using their style. Is that what you're saying in terms of you might you yeah, consulting so with staff? It's probably a softer style than things I've done before. Yeah, um, sure. I think previously I would have just gone at it like a bull in the china shop, implemented it very quickly. Um, yeah. But actually, I've had to take a real step back. 
Yeah, and I think that's probably another difference, not to say where you are now is, is in the countryside, but I think it's, it's a, there's parallels between, I mean, my father used to work in Liverpool and then he moved to, you know, the Isle of Wight. And so it was literally city centre kit, you know, city centre Liverpool scallies sort of thing uh, into quiet, quiet kids who, who wouldn't say boo to a goose. So it, it, I think you're sort of a bit of what you're saying there, you know, that difference between one set of students, one context, even in London, you can go a few miles and it's very, very different. Well, um, yeah, I'm now in a London school and it's starkly different from working in the suburbs and on the fringe. Right. Yeah. What's the big difference you think there then? Um, I think there's a real cultural difference in the schools in terms of the school, my, the, the community my new school's in is very much focused on education and education as a way to progress. So the parents okay. value education, the children value education, and right. they see that as a way to better themselves yeah. rather than saying that's enforced on them until they can leave. Right. Okay. So it's different, completely different ethos of, of parents and children's attitudes, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, the school have very high expectations of the students and the students have really high expectations of themselves. You know, the majority of the cohort stay on for A-level and level three. Right. And that's just a that's just a given. That's just normal, yeah. is it, then, I guess? Yeah, it's not a, a question of, oh, can I do it? It's yeah. more, I want to do it. You have to help me get the grades to get there. So what, um, okay, so that's great. So now let's say you've, so you've, and this is fascinating now because we're talking now about, uh, we're getting more into CPD and teaching and learning areas yeah. now, but I'm again interested in that. So when you start at a new school, like you have done, you've been there, what now, six months, well, longer I'm than Halfway that, through my first year now. <laughs> yeah, so you've done over half a year. So what did you do? Uh, what strategies did you use to find out and do the, the kind of ground level research about existing practice what sort of tips would you give to people in terms of how did you find out what was the current um, pedagogical climate so definitely just getting out and wandering around yeah um, and I had to do it in quite a careful way because you know the current culture is three observations a year and not really any interference between okay um, so being out and about in a non-threatening way and just talking to staff yeah, and having those conversations, talking to the existing leadership team, um, talking to middle leaders, um, working within the subject department I teach in as well. Yeah, and seeing what they do and how they share it and what they're doing. And have you and, and been able to get out to other subjects and talk to the middle leaders there and find out how it differs to English or how it's the same? Oh, definitely. And you know, I was very quickly able to spot patterns across the school. Mm -hmm. um, where I thought, okay, this is where we now need to drive CPD to start to have an impact there. Yeah. Um, you know, the students are really eager and they're very dedicated. The staff are really dedicated and really keen and some great teachers. And I think it's about us putting a little bit more onus on students now to get them to work and think a little bit harder in their lessons. Yeah. And what about, do, do, have you done any student surveys or any, any sort of interviews of kids in terms of what they think strengths and weaknesses are of the teaching? Or has it just been mostly teachers? It's been mainly teachers. I have done some work. We've got a really strong student voice um, system at the school where they have big questions every couple of weeks that they ask yeah. in their form times and then that gets fed back. So I ask questions about how hard they thought they were thinking in lessons. 
Yeah. Um, and it was interesting that it, it was definitely located some, to some specific subjects. And then I did a focus group with a group of students who were going to go off and be my thinking hard ambassadors. Right, right. Okay. And then you've taken that on. So do you have you, did you have, when you started in September, did you have a clear vision already from the, from when you've been interviewed, did the school say to you, whether it's Ofsted or data or whatever to say, right, Rebecca, get in there and sort this out. Or were you kind of left to say, right, you can find out what, what the, what the areas of development are, and then you can come up with a strategy and a vision. Um, kind of a bit of both in the way that obviously coming out of COVID and the way we'd been teaching for nearly two years, mm. I think it was really important to get staff to fall back in love with teaching again and get right. used to teaching how we used to when we weren't restricted to staying in a certain space and students facing forward. Yeah. Um, so that was my immediate direction from my head as well as us getting ready for Ofsted. Yeah. Yeah, and that was and that and that was obviously what. So curriculum, we've been doing stuff on curriculum, presumably, or is that all okay curriculum wise? Yeah, no, no, we've been working on curriculum. Um, that's a big focus of ours, and especially the cultural capital curriculum. So one thing the leadership team did, which I thought was really good, is our whole school improvement plan is built around what they identified as the gaps for students from home learning and COVID, and rather right. than it being academic gaps, actually, it was their cultural capital gaps had got bigger. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, massively. So, and well, and the social right, gaps yeah. as well, isn't there? That's the yeah. other thing, um, which are harder for schools to plug. But that's why you've got to get back on with the clubs and the performing arts shows and sports and all of that. And school mm. trips is another big one, isn't it? Definitely. Um, and not wanting to brag, but, you know, we run about 70 clubs a fortnight at the moment. <laughs> well, there you go. But that's great. No, <laughs> but that's, that's down great. to the dedication of the staff body, though, that every of member course. of staff gives up time So how does that give students that opportunity. No, that is amazing. That is absolutely brilliant. And we should always celebrate that because that is the big thing from having my own children that I think mm. they missed the most from the COVID period is, yes, OK, academic, they might have got a bit behind, but so did everybody. Yeah. And if the exams are scaled anyway, it's not going to make a big difference. But, you know, what what upset me more was, you know, school shows that they were supposed to do, trips they were supposed to go on. And all of that and, and realising that actually, you know, that's more what they get out of school. It's not just, you know, sitting in lessons and learning. You it's know, all the memory out. making, isn't it? it I, is. I bet if Massive. we sat and spoke about our memories of school, none of them would really centre on being in a classroom. No, and it wouldn't certainly be, oh, do you remember that lesson when that happened? You know, yeah. you might remember certain teachers, but you don't certainly remember the micro, you know, details of every hour of every day. No. Uh, but I bet you could remember the school trip, you know, really well. Yeah. Um. And do you think then, just to sort of go off on a slightly different tangent, mm. it, is that obviously working in two different Estate schools and now a London school, um, do you think that kids are mostly the same in, in schools in terms of uh, young people today? Or do you think that the reason schools vary so much is to do with the teachers that are in there and the knowledge and the skills of, of the teaching body? Um, I think it is a combination of both. I think there's an element of children being children wherever we go. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe a time or generational thing that's changed over the years rather than a school thing. Right, yeah. I, I feel like I'm definitely gentler um, as a teacher than I probably was when I first started. Right. Um, I think children are slightly softer. Yeah. Um, they need to know you like them. They need to know you care. Um, yeah. You know, I can remember being really harsh on kids when I first started teaching and I wouldn't dream of being that way now. No, but I do think we have to be too careful of going too far the other way sometimes. <laughs> but um, 
I, I think it's a big, big, you know, thing now, isn't it? That the, the whole, the, the mental health thing, quite rightly, is a big issue. And, you know, well-being for teachers and for students is a huge area of, of growth, mm. clearly. But I think we do need to just be careful of not to be too frightened to sometimes, you know, have, you know, high expectations. But, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think kids are kids, ultimately. And, you know, sometimes people complain and, you know, say, oh, this doesn't, I mean, I kind of have to say to people, look, they're only 13 years old. What what do you expect them to be like? Yeah. Um, regardless of what the school does or the, the SLT do or the building yeah. or, you know, there's still a group of young people, aren't they, together yeah. with their friends. And no one really wants to learn ultimately, do they? No, and I think that's maybe slightly different about the students at my new school is I'm used to convincing kids to learn and right. convincing them <laughs> that yeah. they're not really learning, but they are. Uh, whereas at my current school, they don't want any of that bump. They, they want to know the knowledge. Right, right. Yeah. And it's very much, Miss, tell me how to improve my marks of this exam. Yeah, and I think that's a big difference, isn't it? I think depending on, regardless of where you are geographically, I think that's mm. a that's just a contextual thing, isn't it, of the type yeah. of kids that you get. And, you know, you're lucky to have those kind of kids in that respect. But um, but obviously there are lots of schools where, you know, the kids are just not as in switched on, are they? Or they're not as, for whatever reason, you know, culturally struggling. And, and you know, a lot of students just find learning really hard and we have yeah. to make them find it harder. And there are still yeah, those students yeah. in my current school that find learning really hard. And but it's we do as adults, sure don't we? We, we catch, yeah. catch them. But we do as adults. We don't yeah. really want to learn. It's, it's really difficult to even, I mean, that book, why do, why do students, you know, don't like school? But mm. Daniel William, but it's so good. If you haven't read it, anyone listening, it's such a good read in terms of making you realise that nobody, adults don't want to learn new stuff. The brain's not programmed to learn new things. It's designed to be efficient and not have to keep learning new things. So, of course, there's going to be a struggle, but, you know, you've got to got to make them do the work, I guess. Um, OK, well, that's brilliant. We've kind of meandered a bit here and there, but we've we've hopefully covered most of the stuff that <laughs> yeah, I said. Sure, I feel on. like it was our old journey to work time. Oh, no, I oh, know. Well, yes, for people listening, Rebecca did very kindly for a short period of time uh, <laughs> help me get to work when I was without car, without bike. Um, so I will always be in her debt for that period of time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, some I'm, of our best teaching ideas, though. So of course, that is the been the car 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 share journey is the best way to come up with new <laughs> ideas, um, and and safer than trying to do it when you're on your own on a bike. Getting inspiration when you're uh, cycling is not always the best thing. I used to have to pull over and get a notebook out sometimes. Um, but yeah, so really, really good to speak to you. I think what you've done there is really explored some of the some of the areas I wanted to talk about in terms of changing schools embedding new new change in places and on a personal level why it's good to to move schools um every now and again to challenge yourself so uh thanks for your time rebecca i really appreciate no, thank it you. um yeah. and thanks for being part of our teacher talk radio today and um we'll speak to you again good luck after half term thank you very much have a lovely half term everyone else yeah a few days that are left all right okay <laughs> cheers rebecca take care bye bye Right, so that was uh, Rebecca Heather there. Thanks to Rebecca um, for joining us and for um, giving us all her wonderful insight into um, her career and how that would apply to all of us as teachers. And like I've said many's the time, um, oh, the message thing has decided to, I oh, know it's working again. Um, yeah, so that's really, really good. Um, 
some really good comments there from her and some interesting angles that we we kind of went off on one a little bit there. I hope you all stayed with us. But if there's anything that we and um, Rebecca and I have just mentioned that you tickled your fancy and you think, oh, I, I'm not sure I agree with that, Seb, or I want to chip in, or yes, I do agree, and I want to give an analogy or an example, um, please do that. Um, I was thinking while I was talking to Rebecca there about an example of when I changed schools and the whole idea of you know me being taken more seriously from, from being an NQT at the, my previous school and feeling like, I wanted to establish myself. And one of the first things I did was challenge a kid in the corridor. And he, and he literally looked at me like I was insane because I'd only been at the school for two weeks and he, he was doing something in the corridor. And it was, it was a tough time in the school. The school was in special measures. And I, and I just challenged him for something he was doing in the corridor. And he literally looked, looked, looked at me like he wanted to kill me. But in the end, it was worth it because then other times he saw me or other people saw me, he, I could see him saying to them, oh, no, he's a teacher which was a, a small win, I think, because it was all part of establishing myself at a new school, um, whereas an NQT, maybe you're not able or confident enough to challenge corridor behaviour. So um, that's my little that's my little story on it. Um, so we've talked about quite a lot there. Now, after the news, which we're going to go to in a short um, while, it's nearly five o'clock. Thank you for joining me today on this Thursday the 17th. Uh, we're coming to the end of my half term. You may be just about to start yours. So whichever way uh, that's worked for you, um, best of best of luck if you're about to now have a week off. And I'm sorry if yours is about to come to an end, but you should feel recharged. But what we've done today is talk about moving schools. Is the grass always greener? How you establish yourself um, in a new environment? What are some of the tricks there? And learning from your mistakes. Also talking about sideways moves. So if you're a teacher that has made a sideways moves or thinking about doing it, um, can they always work? How do you assess the culture and the um, ethos of a school before you go and before you make that move? Is it just about reading their Ofsted or looking at their website? I would always recommend going to visit a school first um, just to get a feel, to get a vibe and make sure you are interviewing them as well as letting them interview you because it's your career. And also, again, just talking with Rebecca about how long we should stay in a job. Um, some people stay in the same school for the, for a long, long time. Nothing wrong with that. Some people move after one or two years. Again, nothing wrong with it. But, but I think personally, to get consistency in your teaching and your practice, it's probably good to get a good sort of three or four year chunk in the same place so that you can really embed your practices and the ways your habits to the way you teach. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to stay there if it's uh, not a good environment or a toxic environment that you want to get out of, because there are lots of schools to choose from. And most of us are, you know, hopefully blessed to be in a school that we really, really love and we have a lot of time for. Um, but I know that isn't always the case. There are a hell of a lot of schools, um, you know, across the country, thousands of schools um, that aren't always um, in the best place or run in the best way. And we all need to work. So sometimes people end up in schools, you know, that don't particularly want to be in. But what do you do there? What's your advice there? Do, do, should you carry on? Should you help turn that school around? Because that is also doable. I've been there and done that myself, turned a school around from special measures into, into good and outstanding. But that wasn't just me. Obviously, that was a being part of a team that felt great. But also, it's not always possible. Um, OK, so just going to throw that out there. Now, before the news, I'm just going to suggest one more time, please message in, either call in or put it in the text box. But what we're also going to do now is talk about half term life admin. 
jobs. So what are your top two or three life admin jobs that you've been able to do this week uh, from being off school, which is the first time you'll have probably had a bit of daytime weekday uh, back in normal life since Christmas, um, particularly with COVID. And if you are sitting listening, getting really annoyed because I'm talking about half term and you've not broken up yet, that's also fine. Um, let me know through the text or call in with what your life admin jobs are next week. So what are you planning to do? Um, is your hair out of control and you've booked yourself a haircut? Um, have you got a, a important doctor's checkup um, that you need to do that you've been putting off, putting off? Um, obviously not a life threatening uh, illness, but something maybe you, you know, you need to get checked um, like a blood test or something like that. Sometimes really difficult to get those slots because we have to be at work so early and we finish so late and Saturdays are just not on the cards. So um, I've got my top 10 that I've I've got from Twitter and from people who've uh, mailed me and sent me messages. So I'm going to give the top 10 uh, life admin jobs as voted for my, by, by my Twitter people. Um, but before I reveal that, let's um, have a little think during the news break. Uh, what are yours and text me uh, what they are or call in and tell me how on earth do teachers leave so many jobs until half term we know why it happens but what are some of those big ones you have to get done so don't go away we're gonna have a, a short news break now This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen great improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, 
You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The NAS UWT Union has reported that pressure on teachers across Wales is increasing as the exam season approaches. Neil Butler from the Union said, I see and speak to teachers most days and they report to me that they are absolutely exhausted. On top of this, the Welsh Government has said we're launching into an entirely new curriculum in September. It's been very difficult to be able to concentrate on those needs when basically holding the whole ship together has been the priority. There's a lot of work being done on the mental health and well-being of the learners, but precious little on teachers and support staff. And I think the response will be that a lot of teachers will just get out. The Education Minister, Jeremy Miles, explained that teachers have been asked to do more than during normal times and said, we've set ourselves the goal of trying to give a couple of weeks notice of changes when that's been possible. But there have been times when that just wasn't possible. I do recognise how challenging this is. In England, Ofqual has stated that grade boundaries were likely to be lowered to account for the loss of learning. An East Midlands education body has however indicated that this may not be the most effective way to mitigate the impact of the pandemic. Nick Rain, Senior Regional Officer at the National Education Union East Midlands said, My interpretation was somewhat different. What they're going to do is they're giving people more vindication of what may or may not be on the examinations because students have missed so much. Some of the reports in newspapers are actually inaccurate. I mean, I don't think anyone reasonable is going to suggest when students have missed weeks and weeks and weeks in cases of learning with a teacher that they're going to be able to sit exactly the same examination as people in previous years who didn't. Obviously, it just doesn't make any common sense, so that's the reality of the situation. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half term, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. 
Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. Sorry about that. Uh, big, big, uh, big issue there. Um, I muted myself for the for the advert so that I, you didn't hear me rustling around, and then I knew I would forget to come come back in. So the sound didn't go down. That was my silly fault. Apologies. Uh, right. All you missed was me uh, saying to everyone. Um, hopefully, you're enjoying the show today, and that you know it was nothing to do with the weather. It wasn't a weather issue. It was just my silly uh, thirty second memory. Uh, issues with forgetting that I put the sound down, which I knew I would do. I even wrote it down. Don't forget to put the sound back up. Um, and I listened to the Steve's two minute tech and I just giddily went in. So I'm back. Don't worry. Now, what I was saying to everybody was you are hopefully enjoying the show, whether that is live or you're listening back through the podcast on Spotify or whether you're listening back to me um, in any other way, um, through Podbean or through the website, we've got a listen back schedule, uh, listen backs function, then which has got all of the past shows, not just my shows, everybody's shows on there. So if you missed a show, you can always go and listen back there. Uh, what you have missed if you've only just joined me is we've been discussing uh, moving schools. What is that like? Is the grass always greener? Uh, how long should you stay in a school before moving on? How do you establish yourself when you've got yourself your feet under the table and your behaviour is all sorted uh, and then you have to move um, for career progression, that feeling of having, are you starting again? I know lots of people who said when they start a new school, they literally feel like uh, a trainee or an NQT again. Um, 
but that is part of it. That's part of the learning curve. And it shouldn't normally take as long to get yourself back in uh, established as it would have done in your first ever job. Um, I'm sure that is the case for everybody. But again, it's about personal development. Moving schools uh, can have its problems, but also it, what Rebecca was saying earlier, she did it not just for uh, money reasons, although that is obviously a major factor for people, but to keep developing herself, to keep learning new skills, to keep learning from other people, to keep challenging herself in a new environment. Um, those are some of the things that if you stay in one place for too long, you can either feel stale uh, or you can feel tired and worn down from the same old, same old. So I'm not sitting here advocating people resign tomorrow. Um, I'm just saying be aware that there are lots of uh, schools out there and you should always look carefully before you move jobs and do your proper due diligence and your research. Get a vibe for the school. Um, and you might need to interview for two or three different places before you decide on somewhere that works for you. Don't leave for the sake of it because sometimes it can be worse. Uh, than you think than you where you are right now. So make sure the reasons you're moving are for those reasons and not just because you've maybe got a bit fed up with how much marketing you've got to do or how much you know how much how much stress stress you're under because that will probably be the similar situation in other schools. I don't think there's hardly any teachers who'll say, yeah, I'll just sit and and relax. Uh, even if you have got a very supportive SLT or even if you've got really well behaved kids or you've got uh, you know, you might have all those brilliant things, but it just might not work for you. So that's what we've been talking about. So get in touch if you want to tell me about uh, whether you've changed jobs recently or you're thinking of changing jobs or you have uh, changed jobs in the last 10 years and what that was like. Um, or if you're thinking of changing jobs and you're fearful of it, um, get in touch and we, we can talk through it and get some of our um, other listeners to contribute. Thanks to everybody that's messaged to Ian, to Sarah. Um, to my guest, Rebecca, and to all the other people, Seema, all the other people that are messaging, particularly those people who just said to me um, that my sound had gone uh, when it hadn't, but it had because I turned the volume down like a silly, silly boy. Right. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about on the show, uh, whilst we've still got time, is, as mentioned earlier, half term life admin. So this came about from a tweet that I saw where someone uh, said, that half term should be renamed Teachers Life Admin Week um, and then went on to give examples of the sort of jobs that this person had only been able to do um, this week. So I put a little thing out on Twitter about this and got loads of different responses from people uh, suggesting to me, uh, I'm going to just have a double, double check now if I've got any more, of, of things that they've um, had to put off from Christmas until now because they could not fit them in around being a teacher. So I've got my top 10 here. And one I want to say quite clearly, I don't want us to talk about things like marking, because some people have said, oh, I've uh, given me the week to get on top of my marking. Well, that's great, because it is a chance for you to reset, maybe catch up on work you've not done or, or you know, replan. But I'm really focusing on uh, life uh, opportunities. So Sarah's just messaged in there, um, a chance to go and have dinner with other teacher friends. Well, I think a lot of us who are teachers, most of our friends also are teachers. So it gives you that chance to relax together when you don't have to get up for work and have a glass of wine or, or seven. Um, but yeah, being able to just socialise in itself is something that maybe we should really do and we should do at the weekend, but what we maybe don't do uh, as much as we like. 
um, during term time because, again, we're all tired and you don't want to burn the candle at both ends and go out partying all weekend. Well, you might do if you're a young teacher um, and you've got a lot of energy. You might um, you may feel that you can do that and uh, live your life to the max and then go back Monday and start teaching. But it is difficult because I always felt that when I did that, there was always a hangover, not a, well, obviously a literal hangover, but also a hangover in terms of a metaphorical one, because I then feel like, oh, a Monday morning, oh, I haven't done what I should have done. I'm a bit behind in my planning. Or I then go to a meeting and feel like, oh, I should have, I should have read that article or I should have done this or I should have done that because I dared, I dared to have a life outside of the job. So, um, Getting a bit political there. I need to relax. Um, so, yeah, so this is what we're t- talking about. Half-term life admin jobs. So it's not too late to suggest some more um, because in a moment I'm going to um, go through my uh, top 10. And one person who uh, has contributed, Mrs. McFads on Twitter, she contributed with her ideas about moving jobs and saying that she moved jobs. Um, the commute was more expensive but it was the best thing she ever did. So I just wanted to give her a um, shout out. And she said she would have tuned into the show. Uh, She's abroad at the moment and she'll miss it as she's flying back. So I hope you had a great holiday uh, wherever you went. And again, that might be why there might be a lot of people um, this week who are not able to listen live because hopefully they are uh, getting a break now that all the skies have reopened and we're able to travel. I've not been able to go away this week, but I'm hoping to go away somewhere possibly at Easter. Um, but that's something, um, again, that we all have the pleasure of paying double the price for because we're teachers. I've always said we should get some sort of discount card if you're a teacher that we, we're allowed to get 20% off with airlines or hotels. Um, because why we should pay more, I really don't know. Um, right, Sarah's suggesting a few extra things. I've got my top 10, but some more flashing in now. Uh, buy birthday cards for the next six weeks. Have you not heard of uh, online shopping, Moonpig, etc., Sarah? There's some excellent ways you can get cards without having to leave the house. But I, I do know what you mean, I, I guess, because buying birthday cards is quite a personal thing, isn't it? You like to pick a card that goes for that person. And that is certainly something you can't do on a normal uh, week. Potentially you could do it on a Saturday, but um, she says she forgets, so she has to be organised. Um, Rebecca's just put a message there, cleaning the oven and then questioning why I started. I don't think I've ever cleaned my oven. I might have done it once. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things I just forget to do. Maybe I should go and do it in a minute. Um, so we're going to we're going to talk through these now because I think we've got we've got 10 really, really good ones. Um, uh, they're my my top ones. Ian suggested catching up on Lorraine. Well, I'm sure you've recorded lots of episodes of Lorraine, Ian ready to be played back um but again that does touch on another thing actually binge watching lots of series which i try to do in term time it's not always possible because you um fall asleep uh right so here we go so without further ado the top 10 that i managed to get uh off um various people that have have messaged me and from some of my own ideas uh number one is the dentist which again, that could be for a, a, a routine uh, hygienist appointment, give yourself a little checkup, or it could be something more serious that you've had to put off. The second one, obviously straight followed by that is the doctors, which is again, another classic. Um, again, why should we have to put that off? But 
it's that isn't just to do with being a teacher. That is the ridiculousness of the strain on the NHS and the and GPs that people don't have time. Uh, doctors don't have time to fit you in. And I know a lot of people do phone appointments now, which is slightly easier, but you still got to book it in. And my doctors, I can't even, the only way I can do that is if I phone it exactly at nine o'clock and then I have to get through and it's engaged for the first 10 minutes. So that's not really conducive to working in a school. Um, number three was getting the car washed. So again, lots of petrol car stations have car washes where you can just drive it through if you want to do it properly um, and go to town and wax it down and all of that and give it a proper good, good old fashioned car wash, then half term is a good time to do it. Particularly if you're going to then do the hoovering inside and clear out all those sweet wrappers and um, bits and bobs from inside. I mean, really, this is probably quite embarrassing because some people might be listening thinking, well, I don't do that every six weeks. I do that every week. But I'd be very shocked if there are teachers that clean their car inside and out every week. Um, I just don't think it's the way we operate. I feel like I've been doing this job for so long. I, I just I just work in six week cycles. I just I just on a six week cycle. Every part of my body, my life, my organisation all revolves around six week cycles. Really weird. Um, well, Ian just mentioned that Lorraine is now hosted by Christine Lampard. So really, it should be called Christine. But anyway, um, okay. So that was that was one. Next one is the opticians. So we mentioned this before. It could be your annual eye test. It could be a check. It could be to get new glasses. It could be to get contact lenses. It could be a number of different things. It might even be if you've got children that all of these things I've mentioned so far, you have to also book in to do with your kids. It might be taking your children to the doctors or the dentist or taking your children to the opticians. Um, not obviously taking them to the car wash because, you know, obviously you're cleaning your children uh, more than once every six weeks, hopefully. Um, otherwise, we'll have to have a conversation. Uh, okay, next one is the hairdressers, the salon, the barbers, the coiffeur, whatever you want to call it. But the chance to go and uh, get yourself into, uh, get your hair into some sort of normal situation. Um, I know for me, my definitely my hair gets out of control after every six weeks. So I have to make sure I book an appointment. Uh, and get that in. Anyone listening to this is not a teacher must think we're insane that this is what we're using Teachers Talk Radio to talk about. But this is big stuff, guys. Life admin for teachers is a big deal. Um, just look at Twitter and just look at the amount of people talking about what they're getting to done, what they're getting done this week. Uh, the next one is going to the tip, the old classic. Um, now that is one that most uh, people will probably squeeze in on a Sunday. Um, a bit like having a barbecue. Um, going, getting, you know, it's a Sunday thing or a Sunday roast. Going to the tip is a kind of rite of passage, especially if you're a parent um, and you have to then suddenly get rid of loads of old child stuff. Uh, going to a Sunday morning tip run is a classic. Um, but again, I've always found it easier if I let it all build up and then do a massive load um, in a half term. I guess the problem with all of this is that if you put all of these jobs into this week, you don't really have a holiday. Um, but I guess that's that's the problem, isn't it? We have to try and make a payoff. Do I do it at the weekend and lose a bit of my weekend or do I just let it roll on and roll on? And I suppose it's a bit of balance, really. If you can do some of these at your weekend and then some in your half term, then you're all right. Unless you're going abroad. If some people are going abroad, then, then you have to get these jobs done. Uh, so the next one is DIY. So that's another classic. So it might be that you're... Um, just putting up a shelf. It might be some painting and decorating of a spare room. 
uh, it might be you've got a baby on the way and you're doing a bit of work uh, making a, a new a new room for a baby it could just be uh, DIY on your your external part of your house or the garage or I don't know any sort of DIY job um, anything that you've got to do pottering around in your garage uh, fixing things uh, getting getting uh, bikes repaired all sorts of things bike servicing and um, that's another one if you're a cyclist I always do a bike service not every six weeks, but certainly I would only ever do it in a half term because I wouldn't be able to um, not be without my bike for a few days. So it would be, it'd be easier to do it then. Uh, the next one, now this is a bit of a personal one, um, but I do like this one. This one is someone who put in wedding admin. Now, obviously, if you're not getting married, you don't have to do wedding admin. But if we think about the pure numbers of teachers that are potentially either engaged about to be married or planning to get married i've got one friend i can think of immediately off the top of my head who was getting married in october my friend emily and you know she's what a few months six months away from getting married but i'm sure she will have wedding admin that she needs to do uh, and so that won't be something that you do um it might be that you're pregnant you're about to have a baby and you might have baby admin stuff going to get stuff buying, you know, cots or prams or things like that, um, get yourself all settled for that. So that life changes are a big one, but they are also, if you're a teacher, there are things that you can get done in the holidays. Uh, the next one is the car. So servicing your car, MOTing your car. Uh, we talked about car washes earlier, but um, if you've got any sort of vehicle, then certainly, um, Ian mentioned earlier about resetting his driving, um, getting his redriving license. I've also got to get a new passport, and that is really a job I should have got done this week. Um, get my photo done and filling it all in. You know, it's not a long job, but I'm not going to have time to do it in the term time, am I? That's the whole point. Um, so car MOT, car servicing is a big one. Uh, charity shop, uh, again, uh, for people who are abroad it might be known as a thrift shop in america i think but charity shop drops again if you've got children this is even more pertinent but if you have lots of uh, stuff old clothes old toys bold books gathering dust or taking up room we all like a spring clean don't we particularly the easter holidays i think um, which is obviously the traditional spring cleaning period but i think any half term is good uh, for that um and the, the final one for me is, is the dry cleaners. I have to do it. I have to say it is another one that I never get a chance to do. The dry cleaners near me shuts at five. If I'm lucky, I might get home before that, but I never think to go. So the best time. Uh, yeah, and Ian's just called it their suit cleaning. Yeah, I just said that one in exactly the same time as you. Uh, dry cleaning the suits or dry cleaning your work clothes. Massive, massive one. I mean, I've only got about four or five suits, but if I don't get them dry cleaned, uh, in half term, then I've, I've missed my chance. I've missed my window. I go back to school thinking, right, I've got to keep this, try and keep this suit clean for six weeks. Not going to happen. So yeah, dry cleaning is definitely, definitely in the top 10. Ian's put utility bills. Not sure what you mean by that, Ian. Surely everything is online nowadays. I don't do any utility bills. It's all, it's all done uh, with direct debits and online. So I don't have to worry about any of that. So I'm not sure what a decade you're living in there if you have to go and pay utility bills maybe you're talking about things you have to go and queue up and do um oh and yeah and so a madden's there just talking about cleaning his furniture um in his place best you might somebody else actually said sarah i think it was messaged me and said she's upcycling furniture 
Um, I'd love to know more about exactly what she's what she's doing there. I mean, that sounds very specific to me um, to be doing in a half term. But maybe that's something she she again she likes to do when she's got a bit more time. And that's what it all comes down to, guys. It all comes down to time. Um, oh, she's she's adding to that now. Decoupage lamps. Well, I mean, this is getting very uh, very interior designy now, isn't it? What an earth decoupage lamps. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, we are really digressing away here from teaching, aren't we? But hopefully Tom's enjoying his birthday. Tom Rogers, happy birthday to Tom, uh, the founder of Teacher Talk Radio and my boss. Hopefully he's enjoying his birthday so much that he's um, not had a chance to listen in to me waffling on about, about these. And uh, Sarah said she's going to tweet a picture um, of her um, upcycling furniture um, so that we can have a look at that. So thanks very much. Make sure you uh, capture um, us in there. So anybody tweeting, it, our handle is at TT Radio. Now it's 2022. So TT Radio 2022. My personal Twitter is at Tripitaka74. Um, but if you want to uh, tag us in a, uh, in a tweet or if you want to let us know, please do that because we've got over 11,000 followers now, which we're really chuffed about. And the more people we can get on there, the better. And obviously, if you want to join me on a future show or any of our guests, any of our hosts, sorry, uh, we are on most days. Uh, well, we're on seven days a week for sure. And we're on most of the day apart from during school day. Uh, but we do have shows in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, late night. So if you want to get involved in a show, that is absolutely fine. Uh, tweet us or DM us and uh, someone from the team will get in touch. Um, if you want to be on a specific show, then look up the hosts. Um, on the website and you can find all our Twitter handles on there uh, if you want to contact someone direct um, because we want to keep keep hearing from teachers. We want to keep, keep hearing what is going on on the ground level. We are a live teacher radio station just for you. So just summing up then, uh, obviously just to remind everyone that I only do every two weeks now, every fortnight. So I won't be uh, live next Thursday, but I will be uh, live the Thursday after that. Uh, which is the 3rd of March. So put that in your diary. Um, I won't be on next week. Um, and just to say that future shows tonight, I'm going to double check. Um, it has gone a little bit higgledy-piggledy because of half term. So I know some of our hosts uh, may be away. Um, so don't um, sue me if this is inaccurate. But we should have, um, Freya should be on after me. Um, Holly should be on later and Maria should be on, but I'm not 100% sure. But there are shows at 6, 8 and 10 normally, as well as the Drive Home show now at 4. Um, we've got lots of new hosts joining us, um, getting trained up as we speak so that we can fill the airwaves with Teacher Talk Radio uh, stuff. So please, please um, stay stay in touch with us. The best place to go is the website, www.ttradio.org. Um, and obviously, if you've got Podbean, uh, Podbean will alert you when a show goes live. So just to sum up what we've done today, we've talked about moving schools. Uh, I spoke to my guest, Rebecca Heather. So thank you to Rebecca, uh, who called in, has uh, just started a new role. So congratulations to her as an AHT teaching and learning and has moved across two or three schools in her career. And so really grateful for her joining us to give us her insight. If you missed the interview, uh, please listen back after, um, download the show uh, as a podcast. You can listen back to what Rebecca says. Um, we talked about establishing yourself in a new environment. What are some of the 
tips and tricks to that when you move schools. We talked about the um, career progression, um, how you should seek out promotions to better yourself and uh, develop your um, skills and um, yourself. And there's nothing wrong if you don't want to do that. But also, if you do want to do that, make sure you look carefully into the school before you jump ship. We talked about sideways moves. Can they move uh, sideways move work? I think they can. Um, if, like Becca said, she did it because, well, actually, she talked about two. She talked about her first move, which was going to a smaller school with less staff and less children and not having a sixth form, which was a sideways move because it was the same role, but then allowed her at that point to then develop confidence and skills in doing it. And then she talked about moving on again to a school that was more established and then going through a period of less change, which allowed her, excuse me, which allowed her to, um, effectively, it's a sideways move, but it was a more challenging a school with a different uh, ethos, etc. So she's learning from different people and learning different skills in a different context. So again, a sideways move can be good, um, even if you're going for the same money or, or similar money um, as what you're on. It may be the best thing you can ever do because it might just refresh you and, and reset you and make you feel a bit less down if you're not enjoying your current role. But there's lots of roles out there. There's always lots of roles for lots of skilled people. So keep an eye on the tears. Keep an eye on, um, you know, what's out there um, because there's lots and lots of opportunities um, across the country. Um, and one of the great things about being a teacher, of course, is you don't have to uh, stay where you are living. Um, if you want to move, uh, you can obviously move where the job is and, and find out different parts of the country. Um, that's not for everyone. Uh, okay, so it's just coming up to half past five. Um, it's time for me to start thinking about my dinner. Um, and hopefully you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please um, tell your friends about it. Um, please make sure you join me uh, on the next show um, and follow us on Twitter and make sure that you are part of the Teacher Talk Radio family. Uh, we've got lots more great shows coming up over the next few days and weeks and months. Um, Obviously, we've got lots of um, great guests coming on, people from the world of education, authors, uh, scientists, researchers, uh, normal teachers, uh, heads of department, head teachers. So many different voices that we can hear uh, on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, whatever your background, whatever your subject, um, there's always something for you. So let us know uh, if you want to be on the show in the future. Or as I say, we're always live. Uh, every show is broadcast live. You can always just uh, click the button on the Podbean, uh, click call in and take part um, on that conversation. So uh, there's not much more for me to say other than have a lovely evening and see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.